welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of our podcast, The Business Benchmark Group. I'm Stefan Kazakis. I'm so excited about the, uh, I guess, the progress, the the progression, the elevation, the, the, the forward momentum of many in our community, true, real business owners who are always at a crossroad of not just growth, not just, I guess, uh, you know, solving problems, but at the crossroad of personal developments, personal growth. And, and, you know, it takes such a committed effort to be uh, investing in yourself, investing in your tools, investing in your skills, being okay to keep on being, I guess, you know, as I, as I say regularly, you know, I'd rather be bored and rich than excitable and broke. What are the critical few skills, strengths, bits and pieces that define you, that ultimately take you from your point A's to point B's? How are you staying true to that? How do you consolidate not only knowledge, but get better at with your knowledge in the way you execute? Be open and honest about how can I be performing? How can I be delivering? How can I be communicating? How can I be listening a little better? And being true to be getting that, you know, that 360 degree, I guess, aspect of feedback or or I guess you know perspective that ensures that you know you have someone on your side no different to Roger Federer who has Ivan Lubicic who is Ivan Lubicic well that's Roger Federer's coach since 2016 looking over his shoulder this is the greatest of all time in his craft the best tennis player ever having a coach looking over their shoulder so that they're ensuring the ball that goes over the net is not so much going into the corner and or the space that it's meant to be, but the head, the human being aspect of the journey in, in, in Roger's case being tennis, in many of our clients' cases being business and quality of life, is never ever left to chance. All things being equal, human beings, every one of us, including me, will always gravitate to the things we love doing or the things we think we should be doing. It's only when you have someone that gives you perspective on how do you shift priorities, how do you shift actions, how do you ensure that you are shifting in alignment with your diary and the time that is necessary so that your hourly rate goes from $100 to $1,000 to $5,000 an hour in terms of the value, the value and the personal development that you have put on and continue to put on as far as the muscle that you build that drives your business from point A to point B continuously. You know, when business is good, that's not when we celebrate. It's when business is getting tougher and or there's a, an, an obstacle or a choke point. How you have built the muscle to deal with that is the ultimate, I guess, proof of having moved something forward. So in this week's episode, in this week's episode, we have in our podcast, we have an amazing woman in business and we love women in business. I mean, this was one of the key inspirations for me in starting, I guess, my journey many, many years ago in 2005 in the space of business coaching, inspired definitely from my mother in having been a great business owner and leader in her own right. 
I guess the, the the interview that we have is 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 Jackie Harvey from Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods. She was a corporate champion, and she left that to start a business, start her own business. She had a dream, she had a vision, she had something that she needed to start, get it off her plate, get it into the world of commerce and business, and she kept on growing something called Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods. And our, and our worlds aligned at about the seven or so year mark of her journey with that business, and uh, I guess you know her, her journey went from up to up to up. She's now, I guess, um, running an amazing business, has continued to run an amazing business. I look forward to her sharing and, and most importantly, you know, the critical skills that are needed to create an idea and, and, and the tools created to create an idea are very different to the critical skills and the ups and downs and the bumps and grinds and the resilience and tenacity needed to grow a business. So let's have a listen and let's have a sharing with Jackie Harvey from Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods. One of my favourite parts um, for M500, but also just just generally speaking, just meeting meeting business owners who, you know, just walk their talk and 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 ultimately keep on, you know, like a hydraulic uh, sizzle lift. You know, they just keep on going up a level. And 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 for all of us, you know, we know we know the journey of business is not easy. But 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 the important thing to understand, and hopefully as part of our role in your business, we help you definitely understand this better than the not is, it doesn't have to be hard. So business is not easy, it just doesn't have to be hard. So within all that is, you know, the, the whole aspect of tenacity and, and being really clear about who you are and, and, and again, you know, your personality. Who, who is it um, that's leading this and who is it that's driving this and who is it that's the father or mother of this baby that's gonna be built and grown over many generations? Because business is not just about, hey, how do I make ends meet today and put food on the table today. Business is about how do I exactly build this to such a point where it becomes a legacy. In other words, two, three, four, five, ten generations down the track. Now many of us when we start off in business, that's the furthest thing from our mind because we're just really keen to participate in a job glorified in this little package called it's a business. And then you realise, holy moly, why didn't I just stay with a lunatic I was working for? Um, when I got paid annual leave at the same time. But um, this is about Jackie, of course. Jackie Harvey, Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods. Just a, just again, in, in, in light of my, my, my little commentary there, it's, you know, you, you get into a business. You've been in an environment where you've grown someone else's business. You know, you've taken it to 40, 50, 60 million dollars, national distribution, global distribution, and you've been a key cog in that wheel. And then you wake up one day and say, you know what, I just, for whatever is my crossroad, I want to try something on my own. And in 2008, that's what happened when Jackie Harvey bought a business called Yarra Valley Preserves, for which she immediately changed to Yarra Valley Gourmet Foods. That was in 2008. We've been introduced to uh, Jackie by a, a, a fantastic client of ours and a community member in, in Leanne Pulley from Unforgettable Products. Um, that was about 18, 20 months ago, and it was through this sort of medium that we met Jackie. And since then, in the last 18 or so months, um, Jackie's been a participant of our uh, Board of Directors 12 program. But more than that, she's a business owner since 2008 that's just gone from strength to strength to strength. But in the last um, 18 months or so, since we're really tracking her progress and, and working, working with her and supporting her and ultimately keeping her true to her goal, her mission, her dream, um, this amazing woman in business, this amazing likeable but very brutal truth and straight to the point, tenacious, I'm gonna go and get it sort of woman in business has 
um, significantly grown revenue, significantly, significantly grown average dollar sale, number of A-grade clients throughout Australia. Um, her cash flow management has gone from strength to strength to strength, and there's been some tricky moments because when you're growing, guess what you do when your business goes? When you're growing, do you think the money's showing up for you yet? No, <laughs> you need to reinvest, which means at some point you're looking at it thinking, oh shit, what's for me? But payday's coming, you've got to believe payday's coming. And too many of us drop out too early, but Jackie's understanding that from her own business experience. Because it's a lot easier managing cash flow when it's not your business. When it's your business, you take it home with you at 2 a.m., you sort of stare at the, at the ceiling and think, holy moly, I need to pay a few people tomorrow. Where's the money? And team growth, you know, supporting Jackie and making better decisions. But also, you know, just backing herself to make better decisions about her team, her team development, employing and bringing people in that are smarter than her. And sometimes, you know what, fresh and young, and you've got to give them an opportunity, but they've got to follow the way of the business. And they've got to be transparent. And that's what we're finding with a bit of a, a stock turn with our people right now, too. The exciting part about this business is it's already had its initial initial orders to USA, exported and Asia, and we haven't even gone looking for it. So there's some amazing things that I've, I feel Jack is going to share with us in a moment. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jackie to, to the seat. Thank you. So... I guess that's that's a. Um, Thank you. That was polite. Are you okay with likable but straight to the point? Oh, yeah. Everybody that knows me knows that's what I do. <laughs> do you offend a few people along oh, the way? Yeah, I'm a swearer, sadly, um, but that's a passionate. That's my passionate way of um, getting things across. But uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I am likable. Of course you are. <laughs> Don't second guess that. <laughs> Never second guess that, my friend. So I guess from a business perspective and the crossroad, um, just, just a bit of background, Jackie was involved in a, in a significant food distribution business that um, she was involved in with for many years and that went on to become a, a large and a very large business yeah. for which, in fairness, the owners trusted Jackie to run. And at some point there was a crossroad, she moves into her own little baby, sees this little spot called... Yarra Valley uh, Preserves, is that yeah, what it was called? It, yeah. and, and here is my little baby, a very tiny little business with a bit of spunk factor about mm. it and, and someone that's a little mm, entrepreneurial in terms of, I can do something with this. Mm. And here we are, we've started. But over, over the journey, you've taken that little baby to something that's mm. sort of developing and growing. And, and you're at a point about a year and a half, two years ago, where you know, you're going for it and you're pretty clear. I just want you, let, let's go to what we're looking at for the future and then come back to that crossroad. Mm -hmm. What is it that we're building in terms of Yarra Valley Foods? Yeah, well, um, originally it was um, a plan of mine just to build it up and then sell it off and move on to the next thing. Um, but I sort of had that epiphany moment um, after a meeting with Yarra Valley Tourism and, um, sorry, Yarra Valley and Tourism Victoria about the lack of um, food experiences in the Yarra Valley. So um, I thought, well, I have a great brand. It's called Yarra Valley Preserves. Um, why don't I bank on that brand and create a food experience around that brand? So I, my whole plan changed. I decided to, um, I've bought 19 acres up there. I spent the last two and a half years with um, council planning department to actually be able to build the factory on the farm, create the tourism experience. Um, that, that happened last November in terms of getting the um, application approved. And now it's been just a financial thing to try and get the money over the line to get that going. So what I'm doing now is, is whilst 
my wholesaling part of my business is the biggest part of my business, I want to have kind of a backstory to the brand and, and, and create interest from the Asian tourist that comes to our valley where they can come and pick a tomato, make a tomato relish, that sort of thing. So yeah, very exciting. Yeah, so that, 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 that's a part of the vision, of course, <laughs> which is, uh, again, it's just that whole, I guess, 360-degree uh, experience mm. from not only retail, um, experience of taking it from the raw to the finished, but also accommodation and education and what have you, which mm. is a big vision. But it's got to be commercial. And, and this is where I want to come back to that point where you looked at it two years ago and you thought, okay, well, this is an opportunity yeah. to keep on going and keep on moving forward. Because it takes a lot of, um, it talks a, takes a lot of courage to do mm. and carry off a vision and bring people and obviously suppliers and team yeah. and everything else with it. Um, what was the crossroad that it was an all or nothing? Here is this big opportunity opening. You buy the farm or mm. the buy, you buy the land. And people are gunning you, saying, you can do this, Jackie. And you're saying, yes, of course I can. And now you've pinned yourself to a corner. What was that crossroad that said, it's all or nothing? Um, I think when I make that, when I make decisions, I pretty much, you know, I, I thrive on succeeding at the things I do. So when I sort of had that vision, it was really about, yes, I know I can do it and I want to do it. So in terms of the cross, purchasing the property was the crossroad in terms of I can't go back now. And I think I've had a lot of issues along the way where I could have probably said, I can't, I just can't do it anymore, enough's enough, it's not gonna happen and, and, and but I, I'm not happy with that. I have to sort of make, make that happen. So, you know, I, financially it's, it's a big thing in my life, it's my world, um, but I know that the business that I have right now in terms of the wholesaling, the manufacturing side, will help to carry it through. That is, you know, I can't take my eye off the ball off that whilst I create this tourism side. To me, the tourism, this is just going to be an added revenue to my existing business um, that I do, that I sell nationally and export anyway. Okay, so that, that, that is a really good point and I'm glad you made that. Um, it's so important while you're building for the future, mm. you're really clear on today. Mm. So some of, the, some of the, I guess, the changes that are going on in the moment with yeah. your, I guess, your customer base, your, your, um, your team, mm. your equipment, your facility in yeah. the current space, because still we've got to keep on facilitating growth in orders right now from a much smaller location than we'll have in a yeah. year's time. How are you coping with that? How are you managing that? How are you finding support? Because you're not a superhuman. I mean, you yeah. wear a red cape, but, <laughs> but, but let's be honest, right? <laughs> you are amazing. But, but in yeah. saying that, how are you coping with the pressures and the stress? Because I think everyone in this room understands what I've just asked, yeah, yeah. but we're asking you right now, how yeah. are you coping with this transformation bridge that you're crossing? crossing? I'm exhausted. <laughs> No, and I'm stressed. <laughs> uh, it is hard. I've, I, you know, every I, I'm sure everybody has the challenges. Then there's setbacks all the time, and you know the equipment. I, I for me, I, I'm in a lucky position where I actually don't have to go and find leads. I actually have an endless supply of people interested in stocking our products, so that's fantastic. But um, so the orders are constantly there. It's just you know we don't need the lost sales. So I've invested in equipment so that we can produce in higher volumes, um, so that we can supply everybody. Um, but that's been delayed. That was meant to happen in June, July. It's still happening now. So you know, riding crazy busy time. Um, but it is, you know, I've got, I have got great staff that are focused on the now and they all know, you know, we're overwhelmed in our space that we're, we're you know, everything's going out the door, but it's just 
too small, and, and but everyone knows there's a future. So, and they're all looking forward to that to that future. So I suppose I just surround myself with those positive energy people that are, are interested in what I'm doing and are pushing me to continue finishing it, even though I can be grumpy and stressed. <laughs> but, but you're honest. Yeah. You're transparent, and, mm. and and I think that's a huge trait uh, mm. for success. You got to be honest, and sometimes people find offence in that, but yeah. there's no other way. Mm. Um, what do you feel? What do you feel is the uh, the key to, to sharing vision mm. with with people around you? Because it's one thing knowing the vision; yeah. it's another thing sharing it, and yeah. it's another thing executing it and making sure that you're still as natural as you can be. Help the room understand how important is it to share the vision with the team and make sure that they're on board. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, because they're the you know I, I started off when when I did buy this little business. It was me and two girls in the kitchen. And um, that's totally, you know, I've got 12 staff now, but um, it is about, you know, they're still doing things so manually and so hands-on and working their asses off. They really are. And, and it is about me constantly saying, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, you know. We're going to have this and that's going to be great, we're going to buy that. And, you know, but they are used to what they're used to right now. So for them to even um, envisage what long-term that could be, they really can't, but all, all they hear is me positively saying that it's going to get, you know, be better. So it is, you know, shared. I remember one girl said to me once, to the to another staff member who told me, she said, "How big does Jackie want to grow?" <laughs> and um, that staff member goes, "Who knows?" But we're just all here for the ride. <laughs> Moving along so, with it. You know, leadership is uh, not for the faint hearted. But, but I guess you're human, right? Yeah. And, and where and where do you go to? Uh, find your, you know what, hey, I want to dump. <laughs> I just want to really... You, Stephen. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, I might be part of that. Yeah, yeah. But in fairness, um, where do you go to dump? Where do you go to say, you know what, hey, <laughs> can I just be... Brayden. <laughs> or Russell. Because <laughs> you know, it's, it's so important to understand that as humans, you know, it's okay to just yeah. feel like, hang on a moment, can I just... Can I just take a battery charge for a moment? Yeah, right? I, I actually don't. Re I mean, I go home and do that. And um, my Stefan, my partner Stefan, is very supportive. And um, and you know, he, not that he can offer advice. He's just I just spew it all out, going, okay, now what's for dinner? Because <laughs> he's cooking that too. Um, but you, it's funny. Actually, I don't know. I, I used to when we we, we were a, a, quite a seasonal business too. You know, we go back to three. That we're manufacturing five days now. But actually, when we do four days, I really love it because on the Friday I'm like, oh, phew, I'm on my own. I can, oh, you know, I can just, you know, yeah, clean up and do stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that answer. Which is okay, and it's, and it's okay to do that if that's your, uh, your, your tonic. Um, I guess having left a very um, a, a larger business mm -hmm. and, and using that, I guess, as a reference point for what you're building, particularly from my perspective, and we've discussed this um, many, many times, and it's our driver, the whole export opportunity and, and, and your product is definitely packaged in such a way where it will have appeal. And regardless what's in the product in most cases, as long as the packaging is right, you're going to be fine. Mm. Um, what are, as a, you know, what is the high performance challenge of exporting, in your opinion? How, uh, how, how do you go global and ensure that you're using high tech and high touch, mm. using technology to make it efficient and effective? Um, God, it, it, export is time-based. It takes, it's, you know, you need a good five-year plan 
to turn anything into something. It, is, it really is a constant. Um, language barriers, barriers are an issue. I just did Food and Beverage Trade Week and had a Chinese man interested, but we had to have an interpreter, so that's always challenging. Um, you don't know Chinese? Sorry? No, I don't. Not yet. It is on the, bucket, it's on the list to learn before, the, <laughs> before it opens. Bit of Mandarin. Um, so it's, I think that it's just constantly um, communicating. Really, there's not much more, you know, like phone calls are a bit out of the question, but e the constant emails and updates and attending trade shows over there in, in, in the other countries. There is a lot of food expos around um, the world and you really need to, you can't, we can't do it sitting here. We've actually got to physically, it's great that the Vic government can bring over 200 Asian buyers, that's fantastic, but it, no, nothing much is going to happen after that first one. We've really got to get up and get over there and uh, to sell our wares. And, and no different to a sales process in yeah. one to one. You yeah. must have a sales process and a follow-up process and a relationship building process mm. for that opportunity, because you're right, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Um, you do key numbers reporting religiously. Who else does that religiously on a weekly basis? On a set day, there's key numbers going in. Out of all those numbers that you need to punch in, not the automated ones that occur, yeah. um, which one's your favourite? <laughs> um, I actually like my liquidity ratio. Isn't that? That's, oh, that's, that's the automated weird, one. But that's the automated one. So no, that but is, it's still. It no. is, yeah. Well, obviously revenue. But I'm always my biggest one. I I, sh I I worry about is my wages, the employee costs as a percentage of my turnover. That's my big. You know, I, I'm sure in all our businesses, those that employ staff, wages is our biggest killer in terms of the, the, the money that goes out the door and we have to be quite efficient in how we utilise those. So yeah, that's the one. Whenever I plug in the employer figure, I'm going, oh, well, what percentage is that going to be? <laughs> I worry about it. <laughs> so you see me laughing. Well, you're better off laughing to that. Because <laughs> no, seriously, it's um, all you need to, and, and Damien really covered it off well this morning, you just need to really be clear on, okay, I'm investing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And what am I investing in is the next part, yeah, which you might want to be crying over that one. <laughs> but what am I investing in, which is that first line there, people, what am I investing? What are you doing about technology? I mean, if, mm. if liquidity ratio is a really cool uh, measuring point, because liquidity ratio is, is, is highly influenced by what's in the bank, by the way, mm. which is called free cash flow, <laughs> yeah. which is only influenced by profit. Mm. So people is a big part of that, no doubt. But what are you investing in in terms of technology and, and just making it... A, just making things more efficient. Yeah. Well, uh, two, two things. Well, three things actually. The first thing I did probably about five years ago was um, uh, was on the website was online um, wholesale selling. So not just selling to consumers, but that wholesalers could research me, um, send, uh, register as a wholesaler, I approve them, they buy, they pay, I deliver, beautiful system. And that's worked amazing all around Australia. So, because there's a different era, I'm an, you know, I'm an older generation, there's a lot of younger, that's, that's shop owners, that, that's what they do now. They just research online, they don't physically want to call me, they don't want to do anything else but look online. So that, that's pay, that paid for itself in the first six months, that was amazing. So that's continued to boom. Um, the number two thing I did this year finally was invest in CRM, so I did Infusionsoft as well. It's a work in progress, it is a big task, um, but it is for someone like me that's got databases everywhere from trade shows, um, from just general inquiries um, and even existing customers to manage all those things manually is just so time consuming. So. Confusion, uh, confusion soft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
Confusion song. I love it. I'm yeah, no, no, you don't own it. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you don't own that. Around the world, that's what ninety percent of it call. Ninety percent of users for Infusionsoft call it Confusionsoft oh. because they haven't invested in learning. Oh. It. Well, see, I, I have a, a I have a computer science degree background, so I've kind of get the programming of it and all of that, but it's just the time frame to do it. But I proved, I have to tell you, I proved, I did a trade show. I only set up a campaign quickly for two emails. Uh, so one, e so usually what I would do after a trade show is I'd get those hundred people, flick them the one email, go, it was nice to meet you. Here's all the info again, would love to supply you. And then I, I don't, I don't consider them again. It's gone because I've moved into Christmas, I've moved on. So I did this campaign just for two spots. So that first email, and then three to five days later, getting a second one going, how'd you go with that? I, I was stunned. I was absolutely so excited because it actually proved, I got apologies after that second email. People going, oh, sorry, I didn't reply to you the first time. Yeah, oh, yes, we are really interested. I'm going, jeez, that's awesome. You know, they're apologizing to me for not replying to my first email. That's an Infusionsoft thing. So I'm, I'm loving it. It's, as I said, it's still a work in progress. There's a long way to go in terms of even communicating with current customer base, but I'm loving that I've done it, and I just, yeah, I have to commit more time to it. And it is a time thing. Yeah. Um, what are three, I guess, um, what are three points of advice you could give any small business owner and or bigger business owner that's um, on the way to something that's way bigger than they can... Don't go big. No, <laughs> don't <laughs> Think bigger. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I suppose the team thing is really you know, the issues surround yourself with the team. I've got a very inclusive culture. I always have, even when I ran the bigger company, very inclusive culture, so that, that a lot of people understood where we were going, what we were doing. Um, my little team are all involved in, you know, product development, deletions, um, that, at least on that level, even though I might already know what I want to do, I let them, you know, be a part of all of that. Um, so that's definitely number one. Um, I, I'm a bit old fashioned in the sense of, business plan, you know, having a, a plan that you can refer to because it might evolve and change as mine has, but at least it's it's tangible and it's, you know, you've got something to refer to. Um, and we celebrate all our milestones. So anything that we set a goal for and we achieve it, uh, we, we got our uh, food safety accreditation a couple of years ago. We, we go, my, girl, my team love it. They're not used to that sort of way of things. So I go out, shout them lunch and, or whatever, just to celebrate that. So they, they do love that sort of thing. Um, and what's the other one? Um, probably just, um, just surround yourself with positive people that can, you know, I really miss my networks. When I first did this um, seven years ago, I really missed my network of people and, and being able to talk to a lot of people. And I think that, um, Surrounding yourself with positive people and and sharing your vision with a lot of people really helps to mould it to whatever it's going to be. And in ten words of less, the journey with board of directors twelve. Oh, <laughs> um, really? You know, I, I think just in what I just said then, it's going to be more than ten words. Sorry, but in what I just said then, it's really about having someone to download to. I really missed the network and and having a mentor to to sort of justify my vision or actually add to it and and that's what i've really enjoyed i enjoy my team of people you know that i love to see every couple of weeks and and we've all become pretty good friends out of that and that's i think that's just you know you can't knock that at all it's been great good on you jackie brilliant mm. and and I, I i also believe you're right at the start you're not even 
you're like 5% into something that's going to be mm. very, very, very amazing. Yeah, hopefully in my lifetime. So. <laughs> oh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's okay if it is. Because yeah. I, I, I believe it's a legacy business you're growing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> questions? Questions? <laughs> this is someone that's going for something pretty big, guys. Um. Go on. It is. Questions. <laughs> so you mentioned you had hurdles yeah. in the way and it got to the point where once you purchased a property, you just said, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. I love using that sort of language as well because yeah. it shakes people up and engages people yeah. as well. Yeah, it's not hurtful. To the right person. Thank yeah. you. It's fine. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Um, I love this man. Yeah, he's, he's one of us. Yeah. What, what are you... Those hurdles... Mm. Can you can you maybe elaborate a little bit on them and what I guess not so much the detail of the hurdle itself, mm. but what what kept you going saying well no I'm not going to stop here I'm just going to just go mm. a little bit further what was your mindset at those points in time um, I think because what I didn't say too was mm. that at um, before that all happened I actually got I, when I first bought the business I was based under a winery in the basement of a winery which was you know hello um, and um, I ended up getting. That's what I'm saying. Hello. <laughs> That's why I bought the business. Hello. <laughs> Looked out my door. There's vines. Oh, hello. Taste testing. Leave me I could alone. go upstairs. It was brilliant. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, my big hurdle there was I actually got kicked out. Like I, I had a three by three by three year lease with them. And after the first three years, I'd already outgrown it. And I said to them, you know, I want to, I don't want to stay for another three years because I've got to get out of there. And this, I'd already had the vision of the property. And he was, you know, this whole friendly, well, let's just, no worries, we'll just go month on month till you're ready to, you know, but don't make it three years. Um, so I was starting to look and I reckon three months later, I got a letter asking for vacant possession. It was soul destroying. I was, I, di I didn't know what to do. I cried and oh, what to do. But then I just went, fuck you. And I just um, found a factory. I didn't, never wanted to go into a factory, but I had to. Uh, found a factory. We, we, you know, we spent a month doing it up, installing a commercial kitchen, and um, we moved in over a weekend. It went, I didn't tell them either. It was awesome. Uh, anyway, so that was, the, that was a big one. And, but then that set me back financially. And it's like, well, I still want this goal because I don't want to be in a factory. So it took another couple of years to find the property. And, you know, I was lucky. I had assets that I could sell to to buy that and that's all fine but I think just the time frame I think that when after going through two and a half years of getting the property ready uh, council permits you know I'd probably spent a good 150 180 grand already um, to then in November find out financially I might not be able to do it was like bullshit you know I, I have not spent all this time and money to, to not make this happen and probably earlier this year, I nearly would have walked away from it, but you know, Stefan slapped me around a bit, and and we got on back on track. But isn't it isn't it amazing those those areas as business owners that we think are setbacks, yeah. that we think are absolute walls that we can't get through, are actually in reverse, just pushes for us to go further. So they aren't so much a a, a pitfall as they are as a little because once you get to the top of the hill, it just guides you down. Yeah. Without those. We're never, we're never spurred to go any further. Mm. We're never forced to dig deep and, and grow, and those, those are blessings. I, th I think you know, they change right. us. I think they're actually very good for us. I call them my little tragedies yeah. along, along the way that define the future. It just makes you more 
more um, keen to, to actually make things happen and make it work. I refuse to not let this work. As much as it's scary and it's my whole life savings in my world, it's not going to not work. <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just handshaking that answer. That's great at the highest level. Everyone just saw that. Um, excluding the exporting stuff, obviously, is a long term thing. Who's your current sort of ideal customer locally? Um, you know, I'm mindful that figure isn't always better for yeah. our business. So yeah. It's a sweet spot. So, who's that for you? Um, it's. The, it's it's funny you ask that, Russell, because at the start, I considered myself boutique -y. Like, who would pay $9 for a jar of jam, really? Uh, very boutique -y. So at the start, once again, evolving vision, at the start, it was about selling into boutique outlets, you know, fruit and veg, butcher shops, gourmet delis, that sort of thing. But then um, we had a lot more interest from the independent supermarkets. So really, majority of our growth has been now through independent supermarkets. But in saying that, there's also I do the gifting and um, the gifting and homewares trade shows too. So they're an important part of the business as well for that more seasonal period. Um, but yeah, the likes of the Leos, who are just such yeah. a great supporter of gourmet foods, and really independent supermarkets that look after gourmet foods. So even even if they take a lesser margin, they're still selling my jam for six ninety nine, seven fifty, which is a hell of a lot more expensive than your two ninety nine imported or your four buck Beerenberg. So yes. you know, it's it's those that want to look after it. And Stephen's right; it is beautiful packaging, and that's but it tastes good too so it's got a long way to go but my new um growth is coming i, I shudder don't shudder don't judge me is woolworths through um local sourcing so what woolworths have done um have said uh we really need to walk the walk about local produce and local um so the local sourcing department's looking at my products into um stores around melbourne that want to have local sourcing so usually it'd be in the deli so we've got 40 lines listed in at the moment we're in three stores and the fourth one's going live south Yarra's going live in october so that works for them it's just in that deli section bakery section i imagine that's like a really dangerous spot for you though like i know yeah because if you're something of quality i guess you know you don't want to sell out type thing i know you can take away from the integrity or the procedure so what we're doing is deciding which stores it goes yeah. into. And they've, they've been fantastic in letting us do that and in saying that we don't want it in that in Mooney Ponds because we've got six supplies in Mooney Ponds. We don't want it in Heidelberg because of Leo's. So they've been, they're great. They're and, and they're investing millions of dollars in the merchandising of these departments. Yeah. So in fairness, it's like walking into Maya, yeah. Like yeah. going into the Hugo Boss yeah. Um, yeah. concept section. Yeah. Does that make sense? So the surroundings and the merchandising is... Yeah. So we've, we've really taken a formula-based approach here mm. and ensuring that we're not losing margin. So but, you're, but you're right. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. it's I've got a great relationship. Yeah. with. They love me. They actually nominated me for a Woolworths Local Sourcing Award for to, to win 20 grand. Uh, That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's a walk-in freezer right there. <laughs> That's hilarious how you think. <laughs> what are you going to do when you get 200? Oh, new equipment. <laughs> Might buy um, some shoes. One more question or we're, um, we're, we're good to go. What a, great, um, what a great piece of sharing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. No worries. Thank, Thank you so much. Jackie walks the walk and talks the talk. She always has you straight. She's just... Yeah, no, totally. And, um, and, and Leanne, I, you know... Just, just a huge inspiration. She's coming with me wherever I go. Yeah, no, no, and that's that's why I'm okay to share what I'm sharing. And you, mm. and you ladies specifically work. Um, 
you know, in your own spaces, do your own thing, but you're so supportive of each other. Mm. And, you know, there's enough for everyone. Mm. There's so much for everyone. And I just think you've many more relationships, even with your competitors, guys, is of an abundance type. In other words, I'm going to do good, you're going to do good. No one's going to shaft anyone. No one's going to hurt anyone. It's a trusting relationship. And these two phenomenal ladies in business are, uh, are a great example of what's possible if you just... You know, you're in the same industry, put your thinking caps on together and support each other. And it's, uh, and I know Jackie's played a great role for Leanne, as vice versa, Leanne has for Jackie. And, you know, we do our bit, but your support networks are very important. Mm, uh, brilliant. Thank you for sharing. Really appreciate it. No worries. It. Thank Just you. Just a thank you again on behalf oh, of everyone. Wow, and welcome back. I just love, I just love listening to the, uh, yeah, the pearls of wisdom, the pearls of feet on the ground, resilience, tenacity, grit. Not only for uh, you know the most amazing women in business, but everybody in business. You know the the key components of success is you know we all start from a place called on the tools. We're all operators and technicians. We're all to some degree, as much as we won't agree to it at the start, we're all prisoners to the dream and how we go from point A to point B and deliver on that dream, the vision. But most importantly, we are, I guess, committed to and we are aligned to building something that goes from mastery flow to dream flow every single time. And the ability to keep focused on who is your ideal customer, what is the ideal structure, how is it that at some point we're going to need to deliver someone that we sold to, the product, the service, and how do we do that in a consistent basis? How do you ensure when that time of leverage and workflow turns up where it's the people and the structure side of things? The enemy of every business owner, the enemy of every entrepreneur is systemization. The, the, the freedom pass, the green pass, the elevation for every business is systemization led by great people. So the ability to keep on building yourself, building the muscle, fiber by fiber, muscle by muscle, focus by focus on what are the critical few skills that you need to keep on elevating, what are the few skills that you need to be embarking on so that your business, your business journey definitely goes from off on the tools to eventually off the tools. Typically, that takes about seven to 10 years once you make a commitment to do it that way. And hence why in the world, only 3% of businesses ever get sold at a multiple that's over three or four when it's time to depart and or be in an exitable, which means you have the ability to exit opportunity. So I, I, I am so in awe of business owners, not only like Jackie, but, but at any given time, the 100 to 200 clients that we work with and, and, and the service that we provide for them, but the brilliance that they, in, in response, give us. So power to you, Business Benchmark Group, where every business owner can achieve big business success, where every business owner is empowered, empowered to continuous business and life success. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.